Listen, if you're constantly tired of juggling all the business problems yourself and not having a sound individual to bounce your ideas off of the problems off of your generated solutions for less than what you're probably paying one of your part-time coaches, you literally could have a conversation with me daily, fuck weekly with me, with your staff. And then we get on a call monthly. I've got an app and a platform that I use, what do I call the bat phone that allows you to get in contact with me throughout the day. Literally, you can ping me and hit me up and let me know shit's going on. This is the situation. I need some assistance in making the right decision, and I'm there for you. This is what I do for gym owners. I do it for up to about 40 gyms at a given time, and I'm always graduating or getting fired, like graduating the gym owner or getting fired myself. I, you know, I've talked about this in pre-roll before. I like getting fired. I want to get fired. I don't want you to be stuck on the, the WTF tit. I want my gym owners to be self-sufficient, but there are times when you could use some assistance. That's why I don't do any contracts. Everything is month to month. You use me for as long as you need to use me, and then you fire me. And you can always hit me back up if another problem arises. But if you're in a position where you're like, fuck, man, I, I've got some money. I let you know for what I'm paying a part-time coach, sure, I'd love to have someone who knows this better than I do and can help me just make the smarter decisions faster. You can sit there and research it yourself and YouTube and watch all the videos and, and make, you know, six months of bad decisions, or we could have had a 10 minute conversation and you made the right one and moved on with the rest of your day, the rest of your business this year and got the shit done. You want to get done. If this interests you at all, please shoot me a DM over on WTF gym talk on Instagram. And I would love to chat with you. I'd love to just know what you got going on. See if we're a good fit. We can talk a little bit there. Um, guys, that's it. This is what I do. It's what I love doing. I love solving problems for gym owners. I like different problems. And I eventually, I love getting fired. I want to get fired so that you go on and do your fucking thing. And I'm glad I was able to be a part of it for that period of time. So if this resonates with you at all, please go ahead, shoot me a DM. Let's chat. Otherwise, enjoy the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. Here are two of the main reasons you should not expand into a second location, a corporately owned second location. And this is probably two of the biggest violations I see. So someone books a call with me. They want to expand. We discuss everything and I'm looking for these two red flags. Red flag number one is the current location and the current company as a whole too, too much founder facing. Meaning is the founder or founders, are they literally too facing into the business? Are they still too involved? Which means there's gonna be an emotional component with customers as they relate to the founders more than they relate to the brand or the other employees. There's gonna be probably a lot of misses and miscalculations on the founder side of making decisions. When you're so close to the product, like to the customer level of the product, and you hear the inputs all day, from customers, the good, the bad, you make bad decisions, you make emotional decisions because you're going off this very intimate piece of qualitative data. And that's not, like you need to be somewhat removed. Now, every good founder should spend a day on the assembly line. Every good founder should go work the front desk from time to time, right? Every found 100,000%, they should still be a very, they should still, um, you know, pop in there and uh, you know know what it's like in the trenches every now and again. Very few of you guys, have, like we have that, you'll tell me like, 
oh no, I just kind of, you know, I pop in every now and then. I just got, you know, I don't really coach any classes anymore. Well, I coach a couple, but you know, I'm just getting to the workout and I'm like, and you know, when I get some of your staff on the call or we actually talk about it and you really quantify it for me and you're being honest, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm there a fuck ton. Like, I, I really am. I'm there all the time. Even though I'm not working, I'm always talking with the customers or I'm just always around, right? I've just never known anything else. I don't really know what else to do. I'm just always there. I feel like it's what I should be doing. And, and again, if you work this hard so you can eventually work on the business and you get to that point, you're lucky enough that your hard work paid off and you now can work on the business, then why can't I get you from spending time in the business? True fucking story. I've got a guy, same, worked hard. He's now able to work on the business. He takes a healthy distribution every month. He has a full-time staff of three employees that really just run a tight ship. And I give this guy shit all the time because, you know, we get, I get on calls with the whole staff. And they're like, he, like, they'll literally, before he gets on the call, they'll be like, you got to talk to him. He was literally in here 30 hours last week, just putzing around like we any of you guys grown right and your dad comes over your house and he's like oh this fuck this needs to get fixed and i gotta you know your hose is all kinked up and what what are you doing with your shirt you're like dad get the fuck out of here right like your dad's like doing dad shit like fixing every like loose fucking you know handrail and uh doorknob and just like bro get, get get out that's similar with some of you founders need to do if you want to expand or let the business do its thing. Let your staff really come into their own. Let the business finally become a business and operate without your constant oversight. Not in not an absentee owner, but you are no longer just like hovering over all the actions. And if you feel like you cannot you know, walk away without doing that, then then we're not even in this position to be talking about expansion, right? You obviously still don't trust the staff. Um, There's other things going on. So that's number one. The business is still too founder facing, all right? Number two, they have not sophisticated their client acquisition. If the, you know, your current location was a rocket ship, it grew real quick. I just, uh, there's a, you probably already listened to it. I had a podcast or not, it was a podcast. Um, one of the guy, one of the gyms that, you know, won a 10 minute phone call with me because they left me a review. Uh, we published that as a podcast, but they were, I mean, they had two locations. They opened relatively quick from each other. The first one took off like a rocket ship. The second one's not. Why? Because they didn't actually sophisticate their client acquisition system. The first location took off like a rocket ship due to hard work, luck, timing, location, you know, the, the, unique subset of members who are in there, maybe from referrals, whatever it may be. But when you can't look back on, okay, we acquired 60% of these members via these acquisition channels. We do these kind of events offsite. We do this kind of B2B marketing. We do this kind of you know paid campaigns. We do this kind of organic. Like When you cannot look at your different acquisition channels and you know where it came from, then it's not sophisticated. I always use the double under example. Gyms are like, man, we're having a, we've had a really good month, year, quarter, whatever it is. I'm like, awesome. What does that mean? Oh, well, we grew by this many. Awesome. How did you do it? How did you grow by that many? Well, people joined. You know, I get that fuck face. <laughs> I get it. More people joined than canceled. I, I understand how it works. How 
did it come to that these people joined? How did they learn about you? What was the process from the day they, you know, they encountered the brand? How many days passed before they booked the trial? From the day they booked the trial, how many days passed until they were closed? These are all things when you are sophisticating your client acquisition channels, these are the kind of things you know. You know, well, all right, so we have three main acquisition channels. Number one, we run really good uh, paid campaigns. We have about a $1,000, $2,000 a month budget, and those campaigns go to unique landing pages. Each of those landing pages is uniquely coded, so we know which ones came from Instagram, which ones came from Facebook or LinkedIn, whatever it may be. Number two, we have an awesome off-site uh, events calendar. We are doing one to two events every weekend, and we're generally booked out three to four months in advance. Those events generally net us 15 to 40 plus leads. So we're constantly in the, in the market. You're constantly getting our face out there, the brand out there. And number three, our client acquisition is pretty strong. Out of all the leads we generate or all the new customers we generate, about 20 to 30% of them are come from referrals. That, my friends, is a conversation that somebody would have or be able to have with a sophisticated client acquisition model that they truly understand. You want to add some more, you know, uh, some more uh, pizzazz to it. Be like, you let me know the duration of time during the client um, journey, be from a lead to a prospect to a customer. On average, Stu, once someone gets into our funnel as a lead, we are closing them within 11 days, whatever it may be. That is sophisticated. When it's sophisticated, now I, going back to the double under example, now I know oh, he knows how to get double unders. He didn't just accidentally get one. Like the client who's like fuddling around with it and fucking up left and right. All of a sudden they get one and you're like, awesome, great, how'd you do it? I don't know, it just happened this time. It just worked, great, let's do it again. Oh, fuck, I don't, I, they, they're gone, I lost them. No, you didn't lose them. You just don't even, it happened by accidentally. So many of you guys have success. You have initial like rocket ships of client acquisition and it's by accident. You don't have a fucking clue how or why it happened. And it happens so quick and because maybe you not, might not be ready on the back end, then now that you have to fulfill all those new customers, you can't take time to step back and investigate it. That's what an owner who's working on the business can do. I remember when I would sit down and I would look over the numbers tracker, Isaac would prepare the numbers tracker, we'd have our meeting, and then I'd look at the data and uh, you know we had, you know, we had everything in there. I, I knew what the origin of procurement was, I know timelines, I know quant and qualitative data on every prospect, lead, and customer, um, everything on the cancellation side, and I was able to analyze it and say, okay, here's my hypothesis, guys. I think we're doing well because of this, this, and this. What do you think? And we were able to come to conclusions. Now, regardless of whether the conclusions are 100% accurate or not, the fact that you've taken the time to investigate it, my guess is they're probably going to be pretty accurate you're gonna be pretty close to being right or you're at least in, a, in the very close ballpark. And that understanding of how your client acquisition systems work and understanding, oh yeah, we've got kind of three main ones, four main ones, two main ones, whatever, that is what creates sophistication and that's something that would give me feel confident in giving you the green light to open a second corporately owned location. Because if it worked there, short of you moving to a completely different market, I feel pretty confident we're going to be able to repeat the success at the new location. 
But if you're not sure how that's happening, like, oh yeah, we've got three gazillion clients. Cool. How did it, tell me the tale of the tape. Like, how did it fucking happen? How did you go about acquiring all of them? And that's where, you know, I bash all these, you know, the, I bash my colleagues in this space that do what I do, helping gym owners, mentoring, coaching, whatever you fuck you want to call this. I give them a hard time when all they ever want to do is talk about retention because I think it's a low skill set. It's a fucking low skill set. It's what people who don't know how to talk about high skill set shit do. They talk about retention all the time. Not that retention is not important. It's just not as complicated to figure out. It's pretty fucking basic. You know, in the world of like elite business IQ brains, having retention conversations is not the fucking froth at the top. That's like, oh yeah, of course you do this, this. Like it's a very basic. Things that are the fr- the very complicated things are the client acquisition, HR, compensation, expansion, future planning, you know, uh, financial models, you know, operational capacity. Those are the things that the experienced people in this industry talk about. Not like write a handwritten card. Like, like really? That that's your fucking. I mean, yes, it's a great idea. Yes, you should do that. But you really, like, a nine-year-old could have come up with that? Like, I think we should write them cards. Like, I feel like it's something my daughter would say to me. Anyway, that was a t- it was just a rant. I apologize. Um, but these two things, if you're too founder-facing, that is an issue. You have to start replacing yourself. Meaning, you should not be going to every social event. Meaning, you should not be, you know, signing off on every email and every video. Meaning... You have given autonomy and the ability to make business decisions to your leadership team. These are ways we slowly remove you from there. You are not responding to every email at info at yourgym.com. That is how we slowly get out of that position. You have got to give autonomy to your staff and you have to visibly, physically remove yourself from constantly being here. Like, well, that's not why I started my gym, Stu. I started it so I, I'd really enjoy coming here and I want to be the mayor. Then that's fine. That's fine. Just don't open a second location. Because the second, because you can't be in both places. Oh, yeah, I can. On Monday, I'll be here. And I'll be there Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And they'll be there Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. Because trust me, that's the schedule you want. Talk to anybody who has opened a second location that was still a little too much founder-facing no matter how often they go back and forth, they're like, oh, we never see you anymore. And yeah, you weren't fucking, you were too founder facing from the beginning. You hadn't got, you know, weaned everybody off your founder tit yet. So you, you, even though you have a nice even distribution, there's gonna be some group, the morning group, the afternoon group, the evening group that doesn't see you. And it's like, oh, he's never around anymore. He's at the new location. You're like, actually, motherfucker, I'm literally 50-50. It doesn't matter to them. They don't, they don't, like, you can't see everyone all the time. That's what I'm saying. So, guys, those are the two big red flags. If you are in violation of those two, I don't recommend you uh, invest your resources in a second location. If you want to, you know, unviolate those two, you need help fixing those two elements, please shoot me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk and let's go ahead and get on a call and I will go ahead and walk you through and through asking you a series of questions. Um, and get a better understanding as to kind of how these things are, how they've kind of come to be and what the actual state of the union is. 
I can help come up with a specific strategy to get you out of those two elements so that A, you're not completely founder facing, two, you understand your client acquisition system. All right, that's all I got for you today. Until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.